Welcome to Life Unrehearsed, the podcast where life is everything but rehearsed. Hi guys, welcome to our podcast, Life Unrehearsed. It is Thursday evening and we're so excited to welcome you to our very first podcast. We'll start by introducing ourselves. I'm Stefania. I'm originally from St. Leonard and I now live in Pancor. I'm Claudia and I live in Laval. Hi everyone, I'm Jess and I'm from Montreal, born and raised. All right. So we'll start very quickly just by giving you guys um, a little story on how this podcast came to be. So Claudia, do you want to take it away? Yeah, so uh, Steph and I were having our typical friendly discussions about life and our realizations, disappointments, um, and we basically were realizing that we're constantly evolving and growing, and uh, we discovered a lot of um, things in our conversation, and then Steph was like, you know what, Claude, don't you wish that at 16 years old, we had somebody to give us this type of advice uh, we should start a podcast. And I was like, yeah, let's start a podcast. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think as three women in our thirties, we, uh, we've had a lot of life experiences and, uh, we have a lot of, uh, wisdom to share with, uh, with the world. Yep. Absolutely. So today we're going to be, talking a little bit about um, our backgrounds, talking about what brought us here today to this moment. Um, So you know how the podcast came to be, but as our listeners, you don't really know anything about us. So um, let's talk a little bit about a little bit about our background and what our upbringing was like. So Jess, you know, let's start with you. What kind of what kind of child were you? What was your upbringing like? Yeah, so uh, I'm first generation uh, Italian, uh, like um, many of us are, Um, you know, parents uh, born in uh, Italy and Sicily and moved here when they were young. Um, So, you know, growing up, uh, we we grew up in low income household. So I understood the value of money at an early age, you know, Um, because my parents were raised in a very like strict old school environment. you know, they, they tried, they tried really hard to do the complete opposite with my brother and I. Uh, so they were never really strict um, with me growing up, you know, they just instilled in us, you know, always just always do the right thing. If ever you get into any trouble or you need help, just never be afraid to come to us, you know, cause they didn't really have that, um, that kind of really relationship with their parents growing up. Um, the one kind of like old school tradition that they did carry over in my upbringing um, that I that I can identify is that there was always different expectations um, of me versus my brother. And the main example that comes to mind is that I was always expected to take part in more of the outdated traditional female roles, uh, which were, you know, performing household chores, whereas this was never enforced for my brother. Um, As a child, you know, I was always more of an introverted person. Um, But at the same time, I made friends pretty easily, I think. Um, 
but I did I did experience you know some early childhood trauma and I I really believe that this definitely uh, shaped me and affected how I interacted with people uh, from a from a young age. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, any any type of all life experiences really shape who we are, but you know, especially when you when you start talking about having traumatic experiences, for sure they play such a huge role in who you become. For sure, Claude, what about you? Um, I my parent my dad's born in Italy. My mom's born here. Uh, my both my grandparents were born in Italy on both sides. Sorry, is that what I meant? And um, I mean, I grew up with parents that worked really hard, like my grandparents, and uh, I was a very shy child. Uh, I was bullied a lot. Um, I was overweight. I was a bit odd looking when I was younger. And uh, my brother and I are complete opposites. As you guys know, my brother was always the extrovert. I was the introvert. Um, you know, he was always outside playing. I was always inside staying away from people because I was, um, I didn't like to get bullied every time I would go out, I would be bullied either about my weight or people would just pick on me. So, uh, that caused me to stay indoors and read a lot of books and color and, uh, sing and, and just basically the arts was my escape. Um, in terms of money, I was also very conscious of money uh, at a young age uh, for fear of not having enough. Uh, you know, my parents went through good times and bad times because with their business. Um, I can it, definitely, definitely relate to that part with the money part for sure. Uh, yeah, for me, it was the same thing. It was the, the, you know, the fear of not having enough. So everything was no. Everything that your friends were doing, you couldn't do. I mean, that's how it was for me anyways. Um, you just, it was no, because no, we can't afford that. No, you can't have that. It's too expensive. Always with that fear, you know? Yeah, with that fear and the worry. Like I was always worried for my parents, which I think at a young age was like, I was a bit of an oddball in that sense. I was, I matured, I think early in elementary, so um, there's actually a story that I spoke about with my mom not too long ago. Uh, you know, when we were in elementary, Adidas pants were like really in and uh, everybody had them. Like everybody at school had them. My neighbors had them and uh, I, I didn't, we didn't have any, you know. And I remember asking my mom if we can get some Adidas pants. And my mom, because uh, they were really expensive, right? So my mom went around like a crazy nut. And one day she came home and she got us the imitation Adidas pants, right? And uh, and I was so naive that because I, I mean, you know, I just wanted them because everybody else had them. I didn't even really know what the hell Adidas were supposed to look like. And so she brings me home these two striped pants you know and I'm like oh they're Adidas and then I went to school and got picked on some more because they only had two stripes instead of three and everyone's like oh those are fakes bah, bah, bah. but I remember that um I cried but I didn't cry because they made fun of me I cried because I felt bad for my mom because I know how hard she tried to get them and I'm like those are probably the ones she could have afforded you know so I was actually talking to her about that the other day because you know um, so, so it's that, that notion that I was always like feeling for my parents at a young age. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, uh, definitely relate to that. 
uh, almost like you're maturing too quickly or taking on things that you shouldn't as a child, but as, as empaths, even at a young age, that's, that's what happens, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, it was, it's a lot of it is in the same ballpark. Uh, uh, you know, lots of rules. My parents were their upbringing. Well, they were, they're both, um, they both came from Italy, born in Italy, came here with their parents, um, both very strict upbringings. Uh, so when it came to us, um, it was also very strict, not as strict as what they lived, but still, you know, lots of rules, lots of limits. Um, you know, there was, you know, my mom didn't, she just had to look at me and that was enough for me to, to know that, you know, there was a line that I was about to cross that I shouldn't cross. Um, you know, but the same thing growing up with that, with that notion of always, you know, money, uh, there isn't enough of it, we don't have it, we can't afford that. And I feel like that really impacted my relationship with money now, even as an adult, you know, the more I worked, and, uh, you know, uh, made money for myself and slowly, you know, left my home, left my, my parents home. You know, it's, it's crazy how in the back of my mind, there's always, yeah. And I went through like this period of like, almost like a binge of like, ha, huh, I'm working and no one is going to tell me no. Right. So you spend like your money on stupid crap. Like I discovered winners. That was the end. <laughs> right. And, uh, and yes, and now I still have always that fear of like, oh my God, like, you know, everything is counted, everything is measured and we don't actually ever really enjoy. And at the end of the day, like that's, that's one thing that I'm like, well, it'd be great to have all this money, but like, what's the point, you know? Like, yeah. what's the, like, okay, you want to be comfortable, you want to, you know, go into retirement and not be paycheck to paycheck, which I understand, but there's also like that, that enjoyment of, well, you need to enjoy life because then you'll get old and you won't be able to enjoy life. So it's like, we're always, exactly. I think, I think the world is changing its mindset on that. I think totally like our, our grandparents, I would say, did not enjoy their money, did not enjoy their, their earnings. They just kept everything that they could to give it to their kids. Yeah. And I feel like my parents, um, I want to say started off the same way. Um, and I particularly, I see that change in my dad where he says, you know, no, I'm, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to go on two vacations a year. Like I'm, I'm going to enjoy. So, and I'm happy to see that change because it's also comforting for me to say, okay, like this is okay. <laughs> You know, it's okay to spend and enjoy and live your life. Yeah. So moving on. Life, that brings us to now life in our 30s. What are some of the challenges that you guys are facing now that you're in your 30s? Career, related to career, um, anything really. Jess, do you want to go ahead? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, there's like 
two two big challenges that I've uh, I've realized that I'm facing in my 30s. You know, uh, the first one, which I mean, I'm sure a lot of people our age can relate to, is um, um, I'm I'm realizing now that. I don't fit into the box of, you know, like you graduate, you get a job, you stay in the same field until you retire, you know, yeah. that it's also okay that I don't. And I'm just now getting more comfortable with that fact that I'm, I don't fit this like cookie cutter mold, you know, and I could just create my own, my own mold. Um, there's that. And at the, at the same time, there's also realizing that throughout the years of, things that I've gone through in my life, I've somewhere along the way, I've lost my voice. And, you know, it's one of the reasons that I wanted to be part of this project. And I, I was happy that you guys wanted to include me in it because I wanted to be part of these conversations that I believe will be impactful and, you know, to give us this platform where maybe through our conversations and sharing our experiences with others, uh, it can help others at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly why uh, we, we, you know, we wanted to bring you on Jess because, you know, for our viewers, because we didn't mention it, we're, we're all friends for, for many, many years. Uh, I think about 20 years, more or less. So uh, yeah. we, we've, we've been through a lot of things together. We've been through a lot of things separately, but always been in each other's lives. And, um, you know, we get each other. And uh, you definitely have a lot to bring to the table. So, you know, why not have three friends and just share our conversations with other people to be like, hey, you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Claude? What are some of the challenges you're facing career-wise right now in your 30s? Oh. <laughs> um, I well, I, I don't know where to start. Um you know, I think I grew up uh, like like most people with, uh, you know, family expectations, society expectations, um, basically just following the path that we're supposed to follow. And uh, I kind of got into trouble years back. As you guys know, I was in a very abusive relationship. Um, I was married um, and divorced. Um, and so a lot of a lot of the things that I should have experienced at a young age, I didn't get to experience. And so I started experiencing in my late 20s when everybody was already done pretty much experiencing those things. Um, so it's been a journey for me to find myself again, to find my voice, to figure out what I want to do, who I am, because who I was before in this relationship and who I became is not at all the person I am today. Um you know, and I've always worked hard. I've always worked. As you guys know, I have a good job. I, I can't complain. Uh, is it my favorite job in the world? Absolutely not. Do I have dreams? 100%. Is it what I do? No. Does it pay the bills? Yes. Um, and so the pandemic really helped me to realize a lot of things. And that's where, Steph, our conversation came into play and where we decided to do this podcast because, um, you know, I've had a lot of disappointments in my life. I have a big heart. I give a lot to people. I'm a great listener. I give a lot of my energy and people take a lot of my energy. And uh, people have also taken advantage of me, of my goodness, my generosity. And it's almost like a cycle that I keep reliving, not just, uh, for example, I lived that cycle in my marriage, but I also lived it in other types of 
relationships, you know, friendships um, or people that I assume were my friends, but weren't really my friends. And so it's just been like disappointment after disappointment and the pandemic and this alone time has allowed me to go back to what I really like, which is uh, music. Um, and uh, I think Steph, you helped me as well to realize that I have, I had, I was attracting takers all the time because you guys had noticed that it was like totally abnormal that these stories kept on happening to me and to the point that I was questioning myself, like, is it me? Like, is there something I'm doing wrong? And so I've just changed my outlook on life. Is it easy? No. Am I disappointed that it took me 33 to 34 years to figure it out? Absolutely. But then again, if I wouldn't have gone through the things that I went through in my life, I wouldn't be able to be sure of myself like I am right now and to be strong and standing the way that I am. So yeah, that's what my thirties are all about right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, just to touch on that point, you know, when we say, uh, when we say attracting takers, you know, like that's, I mean, to do a whole podcast on just that topic. And we will. plenty yeah. to say on that. <laughs> absolutely. But that's, as you know, as generous people, as people that like to give, that like that take pleasure in seeing other people happy, that you know, that's the 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 negative side of it is that you attract the people that you know want to get that from you, but don't give it back. Yeah. So and, and they're, that's- good, they're good manipulators, you know, because it's not like they come there and say oh, I'm going to take everything from you and suck your blood and leave you dry. No, no, they come there like little charmers, full of heart, but it's like an empty heart. And so you always, you know, and that's another thing, you know, I think we're intelligent enough to to know, like I have developed a very good sense of abusers. But you know what the problem is, is that every time I get that little voice, that's like, hmm, something's wrong here. In the past, I would ignore it, ignore it, ignore it till it got out of control. And it got to the point where they had abused me so much that I was just like, that's it. I'm out. And it happened to me up until recently. Um, But, you know, uh, now I'm starting to understand, like, to go with my first gut feeling. And if something is off, then it's okay for me to be like, now I'm taking a step back because I need to protect myself because I am important. Like, it's okay to say that you matter and it's okay to say I need to take care of myself first before I can take care of you because if I don't take care of myself I can't take care of anybody and that's something that I also learned in life because when I was young I thought I was the savior of the world and I would literally like tear myself to pieces for everyone and and I was always left alone and when I needed somebody nobody was there and and it was a constant uh you know vicious cycle I don't know if it's because I was a people pleaser. I don't know if it's because I was insecure and I wanted people to like me. I I don't know. Maybe it's all relative and that's what caused it all. But today I'm definitely very conscious of these uh, threats, what I call them. Threats to my inner peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, in a a way it's my 30s have been about finding my inner voice, uh, you know, and, and expressing that, you know, uh, like you just said, I've, I've always been a pleaser, 
keep your head down, be a yes man, don't stir the pot. Um, and also part of it is also just because, you know, I take so much pleasure in, in seeing other people happy and, and, you know, giving, giving, exactly, you know, like give you an example, everybody knows I love Christmas, but not to make it about Christmas, but just to give you an example, you're going to make it about Christmas anyway, (laughs) Sam. My favorite part is to to watch people open their gifts. It's like silly, but Christmas morning when we exchange gifts, I'm the one who's sitting there with a pile of gifts unopened because I'm just like taking in everybody, you know, opening their gifts. I'm just like that person. It just makes me happy to see others happy. And then when you're, you know, attracting these people that are, you know, taking and not giving, it's in a way it's kind of forced us to to find our voice and to set the limits but when you when you start to do that it's definitely it it changes and it redefines your relationships now with these people and you know if they're if they're people that you've just met i would say that most of the time those friendships end up ending very quickly um, and then if it's people that, that have been in your life for so long and have been so used to you being a certain way, especially like, you know, your parents, your siblings, and now all of a sudden you have a voice and you have limits and you have a little bit more self-respect in a sense, all of a sudden it, it's, it becomes that a really, exactly that relationship becomes difficult and it's got to find a new, a new rhythm and a new a new midway almost, you know, that, that works, a new balance that works. And it's not always easy to find that. Well, that's can I do? most relationships. I'm, and yeah, sorry, Jess, go ahead. Sorry, I, sorry to interrupt. I just, I'm so dizzy from nodding my head in like agreement <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like actually being, oh my God, yes, yes. I feel you. I feel like I'm dizzy. <laughs> amazing (laughs) yeah 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 but uh and it's funny because for so many years I used to say you know it's not because I'm nice that I'm stupid because I'm actually like you know really not stupid I'm I'm quite intelligent and I have like a third you have the craziest intuition you can see things coming from a mile away I know it's kind of creepy and uh you know and it's not like I do anything it just things come to me and then they happen. And then sometimes, like, I mean, I've been to places in my life where I'm like, did it happen because I thought about it? But it's not that. It's just that it's because I have such a sense with humans. So you would think that because I have such a great sixth sense, per se, that I would protect myself more. But instead, it's like I go against what I'm feeling to prove myself wrong. And then when they take advantage of me, I've often been quoted saying like, well, it's not because I'm nice that I'm stupid, you know, but the reality is, is that my role in that is that I gave and I kept on giving. And so the day, cause that's the way I work is that when I get to too much abuse, which is stupid that I even have to get there because in reality, after one, two times, you know, that's where I should be cutting it. But in the past, I would let these events reoccur, reoccur till I blew up. And then what would happen is that nice Claudia is not so nice anymore. And then people are like, what's What's your problem? 
Where did she come from? Why is she being such a bitch for? And I'm like, I'm not a bitch. It's because you're you're hurting me now. You're 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 doing this on purpose. Like you just like you know. And they don't get it. So like that's why now I'm at a point in my life, guys. I don't know. Maybe like my mom says, as she gets older, she becomes more antisocial. <laughs> and like I'm like. I don't want no more new friends. Like I'm good with what I have. And that's it because, you know, like I still have a lot of love to give, but I think I'm a lot more guarded now and I speak my mind a lot more. And if I don't like something, I've actually developed the opposite effect, you know, from keeping everything inside. Now I have no filter and I'm trying to find a balance because sometimes I could be like a bit too honest, you know, but yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's, you know, in a way, I can't help but think like it's almost it, it's almost it's our own fault that we're in the situation that we're in, because, you know, like when that when that explosion happens and you're like, you know, I can't take this anymore. And the other person is like, whoa, like what's going on here to them? It comes out of nowhere. But to us, it's a buildup. Build up. And we're keeping like a mental checklist almost of all the things that have happened and as things keep progressing, we're just adding to the yeah. point where we're like, we can't take it. So for us, it's a buildup of a million things that we're, we feel justified to blow up about. But because we've never said a word, yeah. we've always kept it in, we've always accepted, suddenly this blow up is like, comes out of nowhere to the other person, right? Yeah. So it puts us in that, in that type of weird situation. But... Don't you see a correlation here? Like, I mean, are we friends because we're similar or are, or did we all do the same thing for a reason? I, I think we're all, we're all like really different. We're all, we're all different, but we've, we've all, maybe we've all had like similar experiences or we're all, hmm. I think that we're, I mean, we've gone through some of the, the same stuff in terms of our characters being the same in the sense of, you know, wanting to give, wanting to please people, um, you know, and finding our voice a little bit later in life. Um, but I think we're also different in how we're handling that yeah. and how we're managing that and, and managing the, the changes in relationships as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think for some of us, it's, it's easier, you know, it depends who you are and you know, what type of person you are. For some, for some people, it's just easier to say like, we're done, we're closing the door and that's it and move on. For some people, it's about holding on to the relationships and making things work. So um, yeah, but it's just, it's funny that, you know, here we are in our thirties and we're all kind of going through the same finding our voice and maybe it has to do with our upbringing well, that's yeah. what I was getting at. Like I was, I was, it wasn't more so like as to how we're reacting now, because we're all different. We've had yeah. different experiences at this point in our life, even though like subject wise, they might be similar, but I mean, they're different, right? And we're different uh, human beings. Um, so we share similarities, but we're each our own person. But it for me, um, you know, I just find that, you know, and it still bothers me to this day. It's, like one of my pet peeves is the way I was brought up to, you know, not answer back, be polite. Um, you know, if somebody said something to me, like, 
don't answer back. Like, so basically it was just like, shut up, you know, keep your head down, um, be the better person because we have to worry about our image. And it's something that still exists today. Like, I mean, it still exists in the family. There's a lot of, you know, and uh, it's, I don't know if it's an Italian thing or different cultures have that as well. I think they do. I've heard other people tell me similar things, but in our case that we are Italian, um, you know, I just feel like I was silenced in a way and, and not, not with ill intentions because it's just the way that, you know, everybody was brought up to be from generation to generation, but uh, I was basically molded in a way to kind of be quiet about things, you know, and even today, like, you know, there's some things that, you know, I might be doing that might, some people might not be comfortable with, or, you know, just being on social media or posting pictures, or, you know, is the picture too scandalous? Like, what am I wearing? Uh, you know, and I, and I really don't push the limits, but even if I would, you know, it's like, what is it to you? But there's always that, that thing in the back that's like, oh, people are going to talk, you know, people are judging you. And it's kind of the thing that I'm rebelling against in my 30s now. And I think I'm doing it consciously and a bit subconsciously for my own good so that I can force myself out of this cage that I've been living in because at the end of the day, like I am my own boss, you know, and I should be able to say what I want, what I don't want, what I like, what I don't like. And if somebody tells me to go fuck myself, I will tell them to go fuck themselves back because if that's what I feel like doing, that is what I should be allowed to do. You know, I don't always have to be politically correct and, you know, people could tell me whatever they want and I'm going to end with a smile and be like, that's okay. I'm just going to go home and cry in my bed now secretly because, you know, I can't show people that I'm weak or that it hurt my feelings. Like, no, like now I embrace who I am. And I actually share it. I share it because I think that there's a lot of people like us out there. I think there's a lot of people that are scared to share how they feel. Um, and a lot of people that feel shame for the way that they feel. And it shouldn't be like that because if we would be more open about what we're feeling and who we are, I think that the world would be a little bit more inclusive instead of exclusive and picking on each other all the time. Sorry, I digressed. Thanks. Sing it, sister. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, again, we can have a whole podcast on that as well. Just, you know, the inclusivity. And it's crazy how, you know, you're brought up a certain way. And you know, it's, it's your family, it's your parents, you trust what they've taught you, what they've instilled in you. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like a, a crisis of, you know, not a crisis. crisis. That's the word I'm looking for identity crisis, because you're like, hang on, like my parents have always, you know, taught me to, you know, be the better person, be the bigger person, you know, and in a way, I'm like, there's, there's just moments in my life where I'm like, I feel like that's, there are certain things that I was taught that I'm like, no, like that just goes against what I'm actually feeling, 
or what I'm actually thinking or what I actually want to do. And it's, it's almost like it's, it's an identity crisis. Cause you're now you're questioning yeah, like, something that you've trusted your whole life or that you've believed to be true your whole life, you know, and, and it's, it's a hard step to take. You ha- you know, I think for a lot of people, you take it in, in, in baby steps. Yeah. Um, you know, you start with little things, but um, I think that the more you find your voice and the more you, you voice the things that are important to you, even, you know, voicing your concerns or your, your thoughts, if that leads to a relationship ending, a partnership ending, um, you know, a job loss, whatever the case is, if it leads to something like that, and I think that was always the fear, was don't say anything because, you know, you'll ruin the relationship, you'll cause a fight, you'll, you know. You'll be known as. Exactly. Versus now I'm saying to myself, well, if me being my authentic self causes a break in whatever aspect of my life, I'm at the point where I'm saying to myself, that's okay. Because that means that was not for me. It wasn't meant for you. Exactly. It wasn't meant for me. And I'm a lot more at peace with that versus the other option, which is stress, anxiety, not being your authentic self. Um, you know, it's, it's liberating, but it's, like I said, it, it brings you an inner peace Yeah. that's at the end of the day, like I wouldn't trade it for anything. Same. Yeah. All right, guys, final topic. If you could tell your 16 to 18 year old self, anything, or even doesn't have to be that age. If you can go back to a younger version of yourself at any moment in, in time and, and tell you yourself something, what would it be? Jay, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Have a good one. <laughs> tell us. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit long, not really, but it's not like a one liner, you know? How can it be when we've gained so much knowledge at this age? <laughs> so what I would tell my 16, 18 year old self is don't allow anyone. And I truly mean anyone. Um, anyone else's opinion or treatment, treatment of you convince you of who you are, what you're capable of and what you're worth. Only you know the fire that burns inside you. And you have to learn to love yourself and put in the work for yourself first. And if you keep trusting your inner voice, you will find your place in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it it reminds me of how so often you measure. I actually saw a quote, I think, on social media this week about it. You measure your your inner beauty or your inner, your success versus somebody else, you know, and you define yourself as successful or not based on what someone else is doing. And it just, 
Like it's the dumbest thing. Like, why would you do that? We're, we're, we're almost like conditioned to do that, but why? Yeah, not only that, but also other people's or society's expectations. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the thing I hate about social media, but we'll keep that for another time. <laughs> yeah, social yeah. media is like, uh, it's like the, like, it's, it's the worst thing for that, right? Because everyone's sharing the best parts of their life. Yeah. It's not, it's not realistic. And and then you just, you know, you feel bad about yours because you know all the good and the bad of yours, right? It's not realistic to make these comparisons. No. Yeah. Anyways, Claw, what about you? Um, if I could go back, I would go back to two periods in my life. The first would be when I was eight, eight, nine, when I started to gain a lot of weight, my mom had cancer. It was a bad time. I was going this way, but not this way. I was a little <laughs> chub chub. And uh, there, was a, there was a day, well, I was bullied a lot and made fun of, but there was a day that I told my dad, uh, I said to him, daddy, I'm so ugly. And Daddy, my fingers are fat, guys. It's like, true story, okay? And he still remembers it to this day. I told him, I said, why are my fingers so fat? They, they you know, had chubby fingers. And my dad said, well, it's because you're small and you didn't grow yet. But trust me. He's like, did you see mommy's hands? Mommy has beautiful hands. When you're going to grow up, you're going to have nice hands just like mommy. And I didn't believe him because I knew my dad loved me a lot. And I said, he's just telling me that to make me feel better because I'm ugly and that's it. So if I could go back to that day, I would tell myself, listen to your father because your father is right because he was today rings fall off my finger just saying and uh, <laughs> whatever not that it matters but you know it was just everything that I was living at the time and if I could go back to when I was 16 17 one I would tell myself girl you're hot as shit so own it second I would tell myself that as much as I have a big heart like I said before I would have had to save myself. So I would tell myself, save yourself, go to school. You want to do the arts? Go do the arts. Uh, when I would have gone to uh, John Molson in business, maybe I wouldn't have done that. Do I regret it today? No, but I'm just saying that I let people and I let a certain somebody discourage me from who I was, who made me feel ugly who made me feel stupid, untalented. Um, and so if I could go back, I would tell myself, before you can save lost souls, you have to save yourself. And I would finish with, and don't be surprised because some people cannot be saved. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that took me years to realize that I could, if somebody doesn't want to be saved, I can't save them. Because I, you know, I did it all to save one person. Actually, I think I've tried to save more than one person in my life. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I just sometimes I forget, but yeah. And, uh, and I've literally done it all and I wasn't able. I wasn't able and I've had to come to terms with that does not make me a failure or make me a bad person for not succeeding to try and help somebody else. It's just that, you know, you got to be open to receive help and to want to change. Um, so yeah, that's what I would tell myself if I could go yeah. back. You can't help those who don't want to be helped. No. And that 
if you do want to help people, because you can, because there is people you can help in the world, you got to make sure that you're okay so that you could help them. Because if you're going to do it at your own detriment, you're not going to get very far. No. You're going to fall. And, uh, and that doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't make you selfish and it doesn't make you, uh, you know, because I was like that when I was young. I thought that if I would speak up or do something for me and it would mean that I would have to say no to somebody else. I thought that made me a bad person. So I would always put myself last, not even second last, because then other, everybody else would pile up at the bus stop. Like, yeah, but I need this and I want that. And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> anybody else want a cheeseburger? No, yeah. I got to eat the cheeseburger first or I'll share it half, half with you, but I'm going to have half, you know, yeah. well, that's something I had to learn can't uh, can't set yourself on fire to keep others warm yeah exactly what about you Steph there's a few things um it's gonna sound really silly but I have this like memory and it still bothers me to this day um I was at the food court with a friend And I had ordered myself, uh, I think it was a poutine. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I get it in front of me and I'm at the cash to pay. And this, this woman comes and she was not well. And she's like, oh my gosh, look at that. It's, you know, she, she, essentially she wanted it. And the person I was with kind of like scoffed and, you know, took off. And so... In my heart, I wanted to give her my meal. Uh, I didn't have money to buy myself another one, but I didn't because of the reaction of the person I was with. Mm -hmm. And so if I could go back, I would, in that particular moment, I would say like, F what your friend thinks. You need to be okay with yourself. And it's silly because this happened like when I was a teenager and I still think about this. It still bothers me that I didn't give the woman my meal. And so it just kind of goes with trusting your instincts, trusting your intuition and doing what brings you peace at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, you need to go to bed and be okay with who you are and what you're doing, right? So I think for me, there's like that moment that I, if I can go back. And the other thing, and it kind of ties in with trusting your, your, your intuition, but um, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Yeah. Um, like that. That for me, I don't know how many times you know, and, and, you know, some people stayed in my life for years. My first impression of them was not good. Um, and I always, I don't know why, I always just quieted that. Maybe like you said, it was to prove myself wrong or, you know, oh, I'm such a bitch or I'm so negative or, you know. And, you know, years Later, I'm saying to myself, exactly what I've, what I've, what I thought in the beginning turned out to be completely true in the end. Yeah. You know, did I have to go through that experience? Uh, maybe that was, you know, maybe that's what, you know, maybe life had in store. Realized. 
you know, but um, I'm definitely like, you know, trust your instincts. And when people show you who they are, believe them, you know, you're, you're not going to, you might see a different side of them, you might see a, a facade or a charade. But if your first instinct is telling you that there's something wrong here, then believe that. Yeah. Definitely. It's, uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we've all been through it. It's uh, like a reoccurring thing. But uh, yeah, definitely tell myself to trust my instincts. And, you know, you're not going to change people. People are who they are. They might evolve. Um, but they are who they are. And it doesn't mean doesn't mean that they're bad people. I think that they're just not good with you. Yeah. It's not a good, you don't bring out the best in each other. Yeah. yeah, definitely. All right, guys. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, next time on Life Unrehearsed, we're going to be uh, beginning our chapter on relationships. Um, so we're going to be talking about so many different topics, but more specifically, we'll be talking about uh, how relationships change and evolve over the years. Uh, we'll be talking about um, setting healthy boundaries, limits, um, toxic relationships, um, all kinds of stuff. So uh, join us next time. I hope you enjoyed our podcast and uh, we'll see you again soon. All right. Bye, Bye guys. guys.